You are listening to Uncomfortable, comfortable conversations around uncomfortable topics. Hello and welcome to another episode of Uncomfortable. My name is Debbie Roach and this is a very special episode as I'm chatting with Kim from the podcast Hush. And of course, we're talking about sex. Before we get into the episode, I just want to mention that Uncomfortable is an independent podcast and needs your support. You can support us financially by visiting uncomfortable.blog forward slash donate. If you're a small business that aligns with our values, then reach out about sponsorship opportunities. You can email us at hello at uncomfortable.blog. If you can't financially support the podcast, then that is absolutely okay. Just keep listening and consider giving us five stars over on Apple Podcasts. Now, let me tell you a little bit about my guest. Kim is the host of Hush, a podcast that talks about sex, dating and relationships. Like myself, Kim is a bit vanilla and is curious about sex and the different sexy lifestyles out there. She's interviewed sex workers, dating app founders, porn stars, couples in the swinging lifestyle and more. In this episode, Kim and I chat about the curiosity that we both have around sex and discuss some of the things that have held us back from trying out new sexy lifestyles. We also talk about how it can be hard to talk about sex. Now, do note there is a lot of adult language in this episode, so make sure you have your headphones on. This podcast was recorded and produced in Vancouver, BC. The land on which I work is the unceded shared traditional territories of the Coast Salish peoples, including the territories of the Musqueam, Squamish and Tsleil-Waututh nations. Well, Kim, thank you so much for joining me on the Uncomfortable Podcast. I'm um, a fan of your podcast. I've listened to a few episodes. I wish I had more time in my life to listen to like all the episodes of all the podcasts I want to hear. But like everybody, I work, so I've only managed to listen to a handful. But I've got it subscribed on my iTunes now so that I can listen. Um, So thanks so much for joining me. I'm excited to chat with you. Thank you for having me on. Honestly, I feel honored. It's it's very awesome to know that the podcast has reached, you know, the way that it's reached certain people, including yourself. So I feel very honored to be on here. I'm excited. It's very cool. I've never done a crossover episode, so I'm excited. <laughs> yeah, I know. That's awesome. I mean, I think um, from what I sensed from the episodes I'd listened to, and actually I had found your podcast, I think when I first launched my Instagram and I think maybe just through hashtags, like podcast related hashtags uh, that I had 
I had originally found. So I, I followed you and obviously would see more of your social media before I started listening. And it, it seemed um, that your your curiosity in your podcast is very similar to mine. It's like a curiosity of people who live different lifestyles. You focus more on sex than I do, but obviously I have a lot of uh, sex-related episodes as well. So that's why I wanted to connect because it sounded like you had spoken with um, a lot of people in the sex industry and had also been very kind of interested in those worlds yourself but still hadn't quite you know like looked into them or or had tried them out as as much so and I'm in the same I'm in the same position (laughs) so (laughs) tell us a little bit about how you actually got started with your podcast so I actually got started because I have a journalism degree. So um, I went to the University of Arizona. I published a few articles, but there was no real um, opening, no opportunities for that. So I actually took a trip out to Seattle to talk to the editor of the Seattle Times. And he told me the biggest thing right now that I should do is digitize myself with storytelling. And so what I decided to do was talk about stuff that I wanted to talk about. When I wrote the articles, it was all with editor direction, and that's kind of how journalism works, you know, and like you're, the basis is to tell the truth, but when you're working for a big newsroom, um, if you're just an intern, you're not really, you could throw out story pitches, but it's going to be steered for what's going to fit the paper. And that's kind of where it started. I just wanted to tell people stories, but I wanted to talk about topics that I couldn't easily talk about growing up. And it's because I had a Catholic background and um, I was very devout into going to church, getting baptized, communion, all those beliefs. And um, sex was just something that I could only talk to my mother about, but I couldn't really open up to everybody else. We couldn't talk about sex. Dating and relationships was kind of like... Um, you had to be a traditional, in, in our family, traditional meant um, basically like the housewife kind of role, you know, like you cater to your husband and the kids and that's where the ambition was geared to. And I wanted a little bit more, especially going to school, getting the degree and wanting to tell people stories. So I just kind of thought to myself, like, I'm going to take his advice about digitizing myself, but I'm going to be talking to people about sex, dating relationships. Like, why can't we talk about these things? You know what? It's a part of human nature. Why is it that that has to be so discreet? So that's kind of where the idea of hush came about. Everything that's kept on the hush is now coming out into the open and let's talk about it. And from there, um, at the time I was hosting it with, uh, who's now my ex-boyfriend, but he was my boyfriend and he was very supportive. Like if that's what you want to do and you want to talk to people, let's do it. So we started with ourselves, started sharing, um, on the beginning episodes, like our own experiences. And then we branched out to family and friends that were open enough to talk. Cause it was still something that, uh, some people were kind of uncomfortable, you know, <laughs> hits the title of your your podcast perfectly (laughs) but it wasn't an easy topic to discuss with everybody so that's where that just went on from there and then as we got more into talking to friends and family we expanded to like musical artists and comedians um that were up and coming so we would kind of do a crossover promotion with them and um 
then from there I decided, you know, why not actually ask a porn star about sex? And I took the chances of asking several, and one of them came through, and that's who I basically um, collaborate with to do these interviews, and it just went from there. That's awesome. No, it's fantastic. It's it's actually quite unbelievable how similar we are. I was also raised Catholic, um, not in as a, a strict kind of traditional sense. It was more like that's how my dad had been raised, so just raised me the same way. And now it's, it's strange. My dad's kind of hardcore atheist. He's like totally turned. But, <laughs> uh, you know, I went to a Catholic school. Our family didn't talk about sex much at all. Actually didn't talk about it at all. And uh, I just kind of was left not really understanding like these sexual urges that I had. And um, one thing I like but terrifies me um, on your podcast is that you ask people to share their V story. And (laughs) I honestly am so ashamed of mine that I, I couldn't ever share it. And I hate that I also have that shame around that and I feel like part of that has come from like my Catholic upbringing um I was obviously underage and it wasn't a situation that I would ever want anyone else to get themselves into and uh yeah I just I really love that you ask that though and that there's so there's so many people who are really open to talking about it even if it's something they're like yeah I probably shouldn't have done it that way or you know that's what happened and, and that's how it is um but yeah it's, it's a question that that actually just makes me want to start crying because I really regret how I lost mine but I had no one to talk to about it uh so yeah when similar to you eventually when I decided I wanted to have a podcast it started off as a video blog that was too much work and then turned into a podcast I wanted people to to like openly share stories to try and just like stop thinking about things being so shameful and you know and talking about things that have a stigma attached to them and sex being one because I had so many questions <laughs> for people who had different lifestyles so I'm curious um with with your episodes like you you've spoken to people who are in polyamorous relationships you've spoken to people who are in a swinging lifestyle you've spoken to porn stars like is there anything that you're like, oh my God, that you're willing to share, obviously, that you're like, you know what, I really want to try that. And I never considered it before I had had that conversation. Oh, that's a good question. <laughs> um, one of the things that I do want to try still, especially now, I, I don't think that I could have done it being in a relationship just for trust and security issues, but a threesome. I think I would definitely still want to do a threesome. I feel like it'll be easier being single. You know, the, I think they refer to it as the unicorn, like I'll be somebody's <laughs> unicorn. <laughs> But that's a big thing that's still on the list, but it was just kind of hard to come to, like, a mutual agreement about in a relationship, just because my relationship was a little more complicated, Chris, it involved cheating and insecurity issues, and I didn't feel like that was a good mix to open up the door, bring other people in if I wasn't completely ready. So it just remained like a fantasy, really. Now that I'm single, though, it's still something that I would consider um, for sure that um, maybe even going to a swinger party, just seeing how it is. There's a lot of swingers that I've um, 
gotten to know through this journey. And just, I don't even know if I would participate. I think I would be more intrigued by just watching. Like, whoa, you know, the confidence yeah. in these people. And, totally. Uh, <laughs> so those are some things. Definitely the threesome. That's probably the top of the list. I honestly feel that I'm so vanilla compared to everybody that I brought on my show. <laughs> like, the biggest fetish that I talk about personally is what's called, like, a cream pie fetish. It's basically the guy does not pull out of the woman, and that makes the, the pie creamy, I guess. <laughs> So that's like one of my fetishes, but that doesn't mean that I would let everybody do that, you know? Yeah. So it's just like when I see it in a video and I see the actresses uh, perform that, it, it just intrigues me. Just the whole, the whole sex talk, the whole sex industry, you know, I wouldn't do that myself, but I like to watch. Yeah, yeah. No, I think that's fair. I interviewed um, a couple, Tori and Soul from the Torrid Souls podcast, like way back. In, it, I feel like they were not one of my first people that I interviewed, but they were quite early on and, and they are in that uh, lifestyle. And they're a same-sex couple, but they're bisexual. So usually when they have a threesomes, they'll invite a man in. and uh, But they've done all the swinging parties in Vegas and wherever else they are and obviously none of that's really happening right now because of COVID and you know one thing they were saying was like yeah, like, yeah you it's such a welcoming community like if you just wanted to watch if you weren't sure if you actually wanted to participate people are okay with you going just watching and you can be the single person who's just watching or if you want to participate you can approach someone and they're usually very open about it so um I think uh, like a swingers party is definitely like a, one of those getaways I think I'd, I'd want to be out of the country and like somewhere else like to remove myself from like my normal life <laughs> but, <laughs> you into anybody exactly <laughs> I saw you at that swinger like, oh, party I saw you at that swinger party last weekend how did it go <laughs> yeah you're like oh, that, that wasn't me that wasn't me that must have just been someone that looked like me um, yeah I think I'd want like one of the vacations or they're usually on cruises and stuff too so I think I'd want it to be in that setting but I have considered and spoken to my current partner about going to like a, a swingers party and we've talked about it and I would like to do it but yeah I do have that like in Vancouver in my hometown I actually feel like there'd probably be a lot of people there that I know some of which I'd be okay with and others maybe not so <laughs> just a bit like I don't know if I want to kind of go down that avenue in my in my home city anyway but (laughs) but yeah it has been fun kind of learning about these lifestyles and one thing I've noticed and I'm wondering if you could speak to is like really actually realizing how strong the level of communication has to be in a relationship for you to be able like to be able to talk about your fantasies and the things that you want to do have a threesome or you know maybe try out the swingers lifestyle like how have you kind of dealt with being more open when you were in a relationship I feel like communication as cliche as it sounds that's a big key to how you're gonna approach these types of sexual subjects and topics and even the direction that your relationship moves into sexually. I learned that from a lot of people, from the adult actresses that I've talked to, including a swinger couple in Atlanta. Um, 
that I brought onto my show, their biggest thing was just talking about it before and then talking about it after. Because they, they said the discussion before remains like kind of in the fantasy stage, but then when it actually happens, are you still going to love that person? Are you still going to, going to want to have relations with that person? And uh, that was the biggest takeaway that I got from that. Like I say, I never fully opened my relationship. We kind of stayed in the fantasy stage, but that would be a big thing. Communication, I feel, is major. Um, especially because you need to talk about these things with your partner. If something made you uncomfortable, I feel like that would need to be addressed then and there before you even go diving deeper into something that you're not quite ready for. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think um, I was always worried that like if I wanted to try something different, that if I didn't like it and then I turned around and was like, you know what, this isn't for me, it would ruin the moment. And as someone who was raised to to practically be like a people pleaser and and not say no and be the good girl and and do what the person wants or or says, it's hard for me to actually turn around and say, you know what, I don't like this. Um, yeah, that's so I I start to get kind of anxious around even trying new stuff because I don't want to ruin the moment and uh, that's something that I think I need to move past I actually feel like you know talking about sex with your partner and even with other people is like therapy you know (laughs) I do feel that (laughs) things come up that you're like oh shit I didn't know that this was an issue but now it is it seems to raise a lot um was there any conversations that you've you've had in your last relationship or even previous relationships that have kind of sparked um some sort of like anxiety or just a realization that you need to to kind of uncover some sort of either trauma or just issue that's going on that may not even be related to sex um i'd probably say in my last relationship really um which was who I was hosting the show with, which was with Chris. Um, just before going, like I said, uh, diving deeper into those fantasies, it was I like, quite ready for it, considering the fact that there was cheating in the relationship, lying. Um, I'm really not here to slander him, but just going through my own trauma, this is what I experienced in the relationship with him. And, um, I, you know, that's kind of what held me back from going full, full force into wanting to open up the relationship completely. Also, just seeing other couples that I've known personally that, um, for the moment they were in, into the fantasy, they tried it and afterwards things weren't quite the same with their partner. And, um, I've even seen as well, like one partner gets hooked to that and they want to continue with new people, but that, that one partner isn't quite ready. So I've seen those types of traumas that kind of made me hesitant as well. And then you mix that in with my own trauma of trust issues and insecurity that I've experienced throughout the years. Um, that was kind of the negative mix, I guess, for me, the, the realization that maybe I'm not quite ready for that yet. Um, so that's kind of what held me back, really. I feel, however, that different relationships are at different levels, uh, whether it comes to trust and intimacy. So just because I experience that myself, I don't think that every relationship has to be, you know, moves the same pace and is at the same level. Um, everybody experiences different types of traumas, you know, and that was just kind of one of the things that I did and uh, that I experienced and 
what held me back from my own, from basically uh, diving deep into that that type of uh, sexual lifestyle. Yeah. And like now that you're single and, you know, you were saying that perhaps a threesome might be on the cards, obviously, probably once we all get vaccinated and COVID is, yes. <laughs> we don't want to be doing that while there's a <laughs> pandemic going on. But, you know, when the light at the end of the tunnel finally shines and we can go have our fun again, um, like, how do you feel now being single is there a sense of freedom or do you still feel like there's a little bit of kind of anxiety around making those those steps into that world um honestly i feel a lot more freedom the only thing that constrains uh constricts things really is just being in the middle of a pandemic it's it's uh i don't go out often because of that i mean not even to a bar you know so it kind of limits the dating scene for me being single now in a pandemic um but i feel like sexually it kind of brings back the the stuff that i was willing to try when i was single prior to trying again with him um with my ex basically it was like an on and off thing we were married had our daughter and then we had ended up divorcing and then we stayed divorced and we were pretty much separated for four years before we decided to try again but didn't remarry and then we went on with the podcasting journey and talking about sex and trying to be more open about things obviously it still didn't work since i'm single again but yeah it definitely changes a lot of things it kind of reverts me back to like okay well since i'm no longer with him i don't feel like that should restrict my sexual fantasies i'll still go out and do what i feel i need to do when i need to handle my needs but obviously i'm a little more skeptical in a pandemic like don't want to bring not just a disease but bring the, the virus back home you know yeah so just being careful really safety yeah i think um the most that's probably safe to do right now is like some sexting if you're into that uh, and taking some pictures i have <laughs> interviewed a couple of folks uh one woman who had gone through a divorce and then uh, kind of found delight by having lots of fun sex with men who were younger obviously of age but younger than her and she was just saying during the pandemic it's just been lots of sexy photos being sent over whatever app it was that she was using I forget which dating app um I'm like I guess that's all you can do right now right (laughs) virtual (laughs) fun (laughs) exactly exactly like that's how it's going and some people are into that so I'm sure it's it's fun is there anything that you did get to try um that you were like oh this was fun or you know what I'm glad I tried it but I'm kind of done it once don't have to do it again that's a good question um see so we didn't do the threesome (laughs) didn't do any swinger parties um I'm trying to think That's a really good question. I would say one of the things that I was always into, even when I was younger, um, like 19, because 19 is when I gave up my virginity, um, was always public sex. Like, I just loved the whole idea of possibly being seen. And so um, continuing that, so how I told you that we were divorced, um, occasionally I would have some of those um, 
bouts of public sex like okay this is really risky but let's do it and putting that into my last relationship as well that's one thing that I, I think that I still would like to continue eventually when the pandemic kind of dies down um, but like I said, I'm very, I feel like I'm very vanilla compared to everybody that I brought on my show. Very, like, I feel like I just like, like, sex in the bedroom, sex in a car, I, you know, that when, when you can't, you, the urge is just there and you don't want to wait to get home, just do it in the car. Um, I'll probably bring that back into my single life. I mean, we were married, not married, we were together and lived together. So it's just like conventional sex in the bedroom, you know, and probably just bringing back some of that stuff when I was from my youth like public sex car sex things like that I feel um I'd want to try to bring back and keep trying really because we did that in the beginning of of our relationship was a, a lot of the public sex sex in new places really even if it's like a hotel room in a new state traveling somewhere obviously not now <laughs> yeah I kind of limit that <laughs> The, the virus has really limited uh, the pandemic has really limited a lot of um, me going out and venturing out like specifically to go do that one of the things though now that I'm thinking about it um, we had a guest from the um, the brothel the legal brothel in Nevada the bunny ranch right, I would probably yes. like to go there I would probably go to the bunny ranch not just to meet the guest that I had but to really explore that's probably something that i feel i should try uh that we talked about in the relationship didn't quite try so no i didn't quite answer your question but i'm going on these are what i would have planned if yeah. i was stuck at home <laughs> yeah no i like that though i mean i don't know i keep getting um emails from like the hotels that i've stayed at in vegas like offering me offers to go there and it's like you know i can't go right <laughs> so i don't know if vegas is open but uh, probably don't want to risk it but yeah once it is that i did actually listen to that episode so i recall um that guest that you were talking about and uh yeah the the bunny ranch sounded fun for sure. <laughs> um, I find, and I hopefully this is, once the pandemic is over, this is something that will ring true for you. When I was single, I was, I'd come out of a long-term relationship many, many years ago. And when I was single, that was the time where I kind of decided, okay, I want to explore a little bit more. Um, but like you, I was very hesitant, so I didn't do as much as I had wanted to do. Um, I did have sex with another woman. That was one thing that had been on my list to kind of try. And, and the really nice thing was that she had a partner um, who was male and she it was just also on her list too. So it was kind of like perfect for the two of us to be like, okay, we can <laughs> check this off one another's list. So I did that and I was like, okay, well, that was fun. May or may not do it again. I'm not really that bothered, but uh, if it happened again, great. Uh, so yeah, that was kind of one thing. I did somewhat achieve um but then other than that there wasn't too many there was just some fun you know one night stands and stuff like that and I I still kind of wish I'd been a bit more adventurous um I don't know about you but I still struggle to have the sex like sex conversations in my relationship and and I have a very very open partner and I don't really I get really upset when I can't talk about it and I get and it's why I do these podcasts because it's trying like it's me 
finding my voice when you know for when I do want to have those conversations and thankfully I do have a partner who's very open and has helped me a lot with that but yeah like in the beginning when you were first uh, with Chris or even in a prior relationship like did it take you a long time to kind of warm up and be able to be honest about the fantasies that you have um it did with Chris it did one of the things though that like I decided to be open about it with with him for it's just because I had shared when I was single, obviously with friends, whether they were male or female, um, some of these fantasies. And, you know, sometimes girls have the little girl talk. And then sometimes if you know a man is interested in you sexually and you're single, you may share a little something. So they get a little glimpse like, whoa, you've done that, you know. Um, and I didn't want those stories basically to come back and bite me in the ass. So I wanted to be open with them before we even launched the podcast. And... Uh, so people found that kind of strange. I found it, honestly, I found it, um, I found it to be leaving me completely free and, and really enlightening. Um, cause then I saw that I, I was scared, obviously, to tell them about certain people that I slept with and admitting that. I mean, not a lot of people do that. And I'm not saying that you have to do that with your relationship. I just felt like I wanted to do that to basically free myself. So if he heard something, uh, the town that we live in, it, it's not a small town, but it's, we would call it like a big, uh, big, small city. It's uh, a lot of people know each other that know each other. Eventually you'll hear something. And I decided, why not hear it from me instead of everybody else? I'll just tell you, I did this. And honestly, since taking that approach, even when it comes to now, um, I think it's just been a lot off of my chest. I don't have anything to really, I don't have anything to hide and it makes me feel free. Um, uh, just embracing like, yeah, I had fun. This is what I wanted at the time sexually. And this is what I did do. Um, so having those talks though was hard. It was hard because I thought he was going to judge me. Um, the awesome thing was that he didn't. He was actually turned on by these stories. And I don't know if that works with every partner, but that was one of the the um, motivators, too, was for me to actually share, like, my own stories. I'm usually the one that tells people stories, but for me to actually get on and talk about stuff explicitly, like on the first few episodes where I opened up and did, like, a story time session and I went into detail about certain sexual experiences I had... Um, it was it was cool to have a partner to support that and hopefully in the next relationship which is one of the things too uh, being single again you know you go through the hey how are you what are you looking for what are your hobbies you know i feel like it's always the same cycle of questions getting to know somebody new and when i explain that i podcast so, oh cool what's it about so I, I i like to be open about it like sex dating relationships i did host it with my ex i did share experiences that he and i had together that we had with other people um so really just being single now looking for somebody to have that same type of talk with you know and it'll probably be a little nerve-wracking at first but actually um being single some people have actually um heard the podcast so some guys that were interested in going that far and hearing it and actually being intrigued and i didn't receive any judgment honestly since i've been open about that like it's out there there's nothing that anybody can say to out me and i haven't said about myself 
That's awesome. I love that approach too. Like, you know, not wanting stories to come from someone else um, that you would rather they came from you. Uh, that's a really great approach. I'm curious, uh, just because you did mention at the beginning that your family were fairly traditional, um, have you, since the launch of the podcast, have you had any conversations with them um, about sex? Do they listen to the podcast? Do you tell them what episodes not to listen to? Because I do that with my mom and dad. So, <laughs> yeah. That's an awesome question. Um, my mom was supportive of it from day one. My mom was like, well, if that's what you want to talk about, you know, then go straight for it. Like, we know that once you put your mind to something, you're the type of person that wants to see it flourish, wants to see, wants to see, uh, that will go through with the motions, really. And um, I was like, okay, I'm launching this. I'm going to talk about this. And uh, for some of the recordings, she was actually present. So, you know, I was kind of blushing at times. You can't see because it's audio, you know, but I was definitely blushing with my mom in the room at times. Like, okay, we're still talking. And um, that was kind of a different, (laughs) different experience to to our bond as mother and daughter, like hearing these things. Uh, My dad definitely definitely not present (laughs) and hopefully never will be (laughs) that's all weird (laughs) so my dad hasn't brothers obviously haven't they're supportive though very supportive like if that's what you want to talk about and you want to talk to these porn stars awesome uh my sister very supportive she's actually come on the show and that was the episode where like i just i couldn't really go through asking all the questions so i let my co-host at the time Uh, which was my ex and another girl that was on the show just fire away the questions like I was like oh my gosh like my my little sister like (laughs) I can't believe you've done all of this (laughs) no judgment but I was just like whoa like mind-blowing I thought she was uh, a lot more conservative the way that she carries herself she doesn't talk about it as openly as I do and I was just mind-blown by some of her experiences Uh, the rest of my family honestly um, I don't know if they've heard it. I, well, some of them have, but I didn't tell them to go hear it. It, it just shows up like uh, on SoundCloud. That's the first platform that I used to launch it before I moved on to other platforms. It would tell you who your listeners were. So I saw a few family members listening to it. I was, uh, I was actually surprised. Like, okay, <laughs> I don't know what they think. They never <laughs> talked to me about it afterwards. But uh, some don't listen to it. Some are just supportive of me. And then some have um, extended family, the uh, the ones that were truly religious, like my dad's side of the family. I don't know if they even know about it, but it's out there on my social media. So if they ever wanted to see it, like, I'm not going to hide it. Like the links are there to my own personal pages, you know, so if they hear it, then they hear it. Um, <laughs> I mean, it is explicit for a reason, so... <laughs> I, that's just kind of how I feel. I didn't really share with them. It was really just the the close family members, a couple of cousins, um, and my siblings and my parents that I really told them, like, look, this is what I'm going to talk about, and this is how we're going to go from here. Um, actually, Chris's sister was really supportive as well. Uh, so my 
my former sister-in-law was really like, wow, that's cool. Like, you talk about this, this, and this. And I was actually surprised, you know, like, it's surprising to see the support that you get versus, like, the negativity with certain things. And this was one of those things. <laughs> yeah, no, definitely. It's it surprised me, too. I, I, similar to you, I have, you know, family members who know about it but don't really listen and um, but are supportive. And then my, my dad actually is usually someone who will try and listen to every episode unless I'm like, hey, I share this story. Do not listen to this. Um, but interestingly enough, one of uh, two episodes where I have interviewed someone um, like a sex worker, he's found the most interesting um, just to kind of, I guess it's just a life you don't often hear about. So I think he actually really enjoyed those episodes because he just, he didn't, I don't think he realized there was people who work in the sex industry who like chose to be in the sex industry and enjoy their job and I think he was surprised by that um but then was like oh you know you know what if they are that's that's fantastic and he really kind of enjoyed their stories um but if there's anything anytime I'm, I'm kind of sharing something I'll be like yeah you know what skip this one <laughs> and usually if it's somewhat <laughs> sex related he's he won't any listen to it anyway but uh but yeah my mum listens to most of them and uh, I have some family members who do and then you know older family members I think they just don't understand what a podcast is so I'm like okay I'm I'm not gonna explain <laughs> it so <laughs> you figure it out one day great if you don't whatever or um, <laughs> let it be. So uh, yeah, that's quite that's quite funny. Um, so where do you see like? Because you said you're a journalist, right? Like, where do you see yourself kind of going from this? You've got the podcast. You're on episode. You're in your sixties in terms of episodes, which is fantastic. And I'm assuming you you want to keep that going. But is there anywhere you're hoping this will take your career? Um, that's a good question. Honestly, like, it's kind of sad, but uh, I've kind of just seen it more like a side project where I put it, like a, a passion project, really. If it flourishes, I, I mean, you'd obviously love to see that for your podcast and maybe even get monetary, um, a monetary um, compensation out of it. Um, I don't really know, though, how I feel. I feel like if I could learn how to flip the passion into a profit, that would be nice. But even then, I would just be satisfied knowing that I told people stories that don't really get to be told. And it's that it sounds silly, but to me, that's fulfillment enough. Like the way that you said that your your father was um, surprised about the life of a sex worker. I've talked to um, a couple of sex workers and sex coaches, and this is what they're this is how they bring in the bread and butter. You know, this is how they make their money and and just telling stories. Honestly, I want to continue to tell people's stories. I feel like. We don't always take the time as people with our communication to... We always feel like we have to try to relate to certain things, but taking the time to just listen to somebody else, whether it's your relationship or just a friend, like, or people that you don't know. Like, in my case, complete strangers. I just saw them on the internet. So I want to keep going on with the storytelling aspect of the podcast, for sure. I want a lot of, um, like, stereotypes and... Uh, a lot of the taboo around sex to be addressed hopefully one day it'll be a little easier to talk about and 
I feel it's it's always awesome when I have a lot of the guests uh, come on and thank me like, hey, like we didn't have a platform to talk about this like so openly. So I want to continue with that for sure. I don't want to lose the core of why I launched it. It was for me to tell people's stories and, and be truthful about it and um, discuss um the that's subjects that aren't easily discussed. I mean, you're not going to talk about sex in your living room, depending on who it is. Now, actually, as a result of that, um, my sister and I talk a little bit more openly, you know, sexual innuendos, and, and it's been a lot more uh, easygoing, at least um, around, around my sister and my mom with sex talk. Like, it just unfiltered and it's there you know and just people just talking about it like that i would love to see that uh i like i said i don't do any of it for the money it would be nice if that came with it um i mean i could eventually look into sponsorships but uh uh, right now like my my career right now is like a, a dispatcher and i do that for people that need um medical transportation so uh i i like what i do and i want to continue that but continue this like as a passion project just because i felt like i kind of encountered a lot of closed doors with journalism and this was the format of journalism that i could pursue uh pursue what i what i loved what i loved about journalism really yeah it was just storytelling yeah no i love that i think um the one thing I've, I always say to people like who want to start a podcast or who are asking about podcasting, I think it's such an accessible medium for people. Like you can basically now start on a zero budget. Obviously, you start investing in maybe a better microphone or or some or some sort of like editing software. But there's there's so many like ways you can do that for free now. So it's given a lot of people a voice, um, especially if you want more experience in a field like journalism right um it's it's been really fantastic for that but um i get it it's 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 a mine's is a passion project too it would be nice if i made enough just to kind of pay the few expenses that i have but it's hard it's hard to do that and um you just have to kind of keep pursuing it and i think sponsorship's probably one of not an easy route per se but one of the easiest routes to kind of to take um but it sounds like you're kind of you're on your way anyway which which is fantastic i i just feel like like um when it comes to just podcasting in general um not to really not to lose the passion about like you know if you're going in it for the money it's obviously a tough route to break into you know um, yeah. But if you're doing it and it's starting, I honestly feel like if you're doing it and this is something that you love to do. And I, I admit one of my flaws is I am not always consistent. I started back in 2017, but then I got pregnant. Then I moved. And so I, I, it was hard to record because I didn't yeah. have family to watch my, my children as I recorded. And then the career route that I was into at the time, um, you had to report your outside business activities. And this mm-hmm. was not one that was approved talking about this you know so uh for a career move really i put it aside but i honestly feel like um if that's what you're you're into keep going keep going for it you know um but don't lose the passion don't forget why you did it if money's not your your um sole purpose of doing it you know yeah um and then in terms of getting back to sex uh, honestly i feel like people should just talk about it 
really and just little steps it's not yeah. always easy and it's something that as I explained myself wasn't easy for me to just tell Chris okay I suck with this person this person this person <laughs> it doesn't happen like that <laughs> it's not something that easily approachable and honestly you don't have to feel pressured to mm-hmm. share every experience with your partner um I, I don't feel like that is something that makes a good relationship. Yeah. I didn't feel like that. that's what put me and Chris ahead of the curve. I felt like it was just something that he and I had to go through as a, a sense of um, therapeutic healing because of the trauma of our past with cheating, mm-hmm. lying, um, just scandal and betrayal. And we needed yeah. to talk about these things. And I didn't want, in my own case, that to come back. But, yeah, those are my last words, really. Just talking about sex and, you know, obviously safe consensual is the way to go. Yes. That's definitely a big thing. No, well, thank you. I really wish I um, had the money to buy for the rights of that song, Let's Talk About Sex, Baby, and we could, like, <laughs> play it as, like, an outro. But unfortunately, <laughs> yeah, I don't make any money off this podcast, so uh, <laughs> I can't do that. But uh, but uh, I will think of you now when um, that song plays. So... <laughs> Thank you again, Kim. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me on, Debbie. I appreciate it. It's been wonderful chatting. Thank you so much for listening to this episode. If you like this episode, then please make sure to tune in and subscribe to Hush and it's Hush exclamation point. You'll find it on all of the major podcast players and I have included some links over on the show notes where you can access Hush on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. You can also listen via the website, thehushpodcast.com. You can connect with Kim over on all of the social media platforms at hushpodcast69. Once again, you can find this little podcast by visiting uncomfortable.blog. We are also on social media at uncomfortable.blog on Instagram and uncomfy underscore podcast on Twitter. Thank you again for listening. Now go out there, my friends, and get uncomfortable. Uncomfortable.